Welcome to the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. It is your Bears pregame tailgate right here on ESPN 1000. Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app, wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, anywhere in the world. If you're here, you're there, wherever. You can listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Adam Abdallah, along with Tyler Aki, sitting in for Chris Bleck. I guess technically I'm sitting in for Chris Bleck because I'm in the Bleck chair. We're just doing and, a little musical chairs here. And you're here. sitting in for me over there. Mm-hmm. If you watch us on Twitch, I'm where Chris usually is. You're where I usually am. And Chris is off to some New Year's Eve bender oh. that we don't know. No, he's probably sleeping. I would hope he's sleeping. <laughs> That's what I would be doing if I was off today. No, I wouldn't be. I would be listening to the Bears pre-pregame show right here, leading you into our network pregame show with Sylvie Lance Briggs and Dion Miller. And then, of course, the game at noon with Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jason McKee. And then four hours of post game with Peggy and Yurko starting right after the game. And then two hours after that, you've got Jeff Miller, who you just heard, Pat the designer, and Jason McKee there as well. Jason McKee always pulling double duty, and Miller always pulling double duty as well. We've got some news. The Bears obviously play. The Falcons today, the final home game for the Chicago Bears. Surprisingly enough, uh, this is this would be their fifth straight home win. <laughs> They've won four in a row at home. It's crazy how it's all sort of blended together. And like, even though there have been these wild games down the stretch here they've all come on the road (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and so they've won these last four games at home they go for their final home win of the season here and we do have some news obviously there is a lot of conversation with two games left here in the season around Matt Eberflus and around Justin Fields and whether or not both of them one of them will be back Uh, there is an injury news update that we will give you real quick Cole Komet uh, was listed as questionable on Friday overnight, probably while you were sleeping, while I was sleeping and everybody else was sleeping. Ian Rappaport tweeted that he was going to play and then Ian Rappaport recently updated that by saying he is a game time decision and going to go out there in pregame warm-ups, test the knee, see how it's going, and then hopefully give it a go today because as we know, Darnell Mooney has already been listed as out with a concussion, so he is not going to play. So, And I, I like what Cole Komet has brought to this team so far this year. I think he's playing really well. He can't break a tackle to save his life, but he does catch the ball a lot, like in in very meaningful situations too. Like if you need a first down and you're at, you know, third and eight, he's been the go-to guy. I know DJ Moore gets all the credit, but Cole Komet has really solidified himself as a go-to target in short yardage situations for Justin Fields, so hopefully he can suit up and go today. He's been one of the, you talk about some of the developmental pieces on this team, he's been one of those guys who we've seen really develop this year. He obviously gets the money in the offseason, and then He's just expanded his game. He's been more than just a red zone threat. He's been a other 80 yards of the field guy as well. We've seen him catch a few deep balls too throughout his career. So it's been nice to see Cole Komet be one of those guys who you can point to as that's a a success story from this season. 
because of the way that he's kind of developed into that number two receiver on this team. Albeit you'd like to see your receiving room step up in that capacity, but <laughs> the fact that Cole Komet's there, it's been a welcome addition. I think that it's something that the offense has needed, right? You need that go-to guy that you know is going to find a way to get open, to catch a 50-50 ball that is going to be there in those short yardage situations, like in, you know, third and between like third and three and like third and eight, like I said. Mm -hmm. You need that guy. Like DJ Moore is great. DJ Moore is awesome for the highlights, for the deep throws, for, you know, anything over 10 yards. He's a great wide receiver. I'm not taking anything away from DJ Moore, but we've seen that the way that the offenses have gone in the NFL. Like, you need that solid right. tight end. Mm-hmm. And we hope that, like, he's not going to be Travis Kelsey, but we hope that Cole Komet would take that next step, and it seems like he has. The real news from Ian Rappaport came last night uh, while people were probably getting ready to watch Cowboys and Lions, and Ian Rappaport was on NFL Game Day Live on the NFL Network, and he had this to say about Matt Eberflus and his future with the Chicago Bears. I would be surprised as of right now if Matt Eberflus was not back for the Chicago Bears. They look much better. He has been calling the defense. That has been impressive. They won four out of the last six, six out of the last 11. Certainly seem to be heading in the right direction. I hear nothing but positive vibes from Chicago. Positive vibes from Chicago, and he would be surprised if Matt Eberflus was not back next season. Now, when I first saw the news, right, Mm -hmm. because we didn't hear it at first, it came through on Twitter, and it was Ian Rappaport is saying Matt Eberflus will be back. I don't think that's what he said. I think he said that it's trending in the direction. And the reason I say this is because a few hours later, he and Tom Pelissero wrote there, analyzing NFL's head coaching carousel at the end of 2023, He says this at the end. Eberflus has two more games to make his closing argument. Sunday against the Atlanta team fighting for its playoff life and a rivalry game next week at Green Bay. Like all coaches hoping to carry momentum into the offseason, Eberflus needs a strong finish. But if the next two games look like the previous 11, signs appear to be pointing in a positive direction for Eberflus while Poles appear safe. I don't think anybody thinks Ryan Poles is going anywhere. No. Ryan Poles is safe. He wouldn't have traded for Montez Sweat if he was going to be gone. Simple as that. Um, And now... The news about Matt Eberflus being back. I think he's going to be back. Like, I lean in the, it's like 80% that he's going to be back. I agree with Ian Rappaport that the vibes are high. You know, I, Chris Black and I, who's usually here, we talked to TJ Edwards on Bears Night in Chicago. We've talked to Eddie Jackson on Bears Night in Chicago. Both defensive players. Right. They love Matt Eberflus. The players are buying in. There has never been, even in the three-win season last year, there was never a checking out by the players on Matt Eberflus. And I think that the momentum is turned, especially on defense. The defense since week five is first in total yards, first in passer rating, first in run defense, first in interceptions, and sixth in points per game allowed. That's pretty damn good. And you've got foundational pieces on that team, too. You've found an edge rusher that you can build around with. You've paid and invested in your linebacker room, and they've delivered for you. You've got young defensive backs on your team, and all of this development has come under his watch. But at the same time, he still has to finish out the season strong. I don't think that this is the the final verdict is in yet there is still time for him to screw this up and we've seen (laughs) like we've seen some pretty colossal ones and it's not like each of these games down the stretch here are layups right you've got like 
today is going to be a tough game. The Falcons are a very good team against the pass. They've got a very good defense, and they've got weapons on their team. And Taylor Heineke pulls games out of his ass from time mm-hmm. to time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he just finds way to win games at times. Now, he finds ways to lose games as well. I'm not saying he's some world beater. He's a backup quarterback for a reason. But th- this game against Atlanta is no gimme. And then going on the road to close the season against Green Bay, that's no layup either. So there's still a chance that he is not back, even though we have seen a little bit of momentum building here down the stretch. Six and five in their last 11. That's, of course, something that Eberflus is going to point to. I'm sure if they win, he'll remind you tomorrow. That oh, they are seven and five in their last he'll, twelve games. He'll give you the stats I just gave. He's you been very statsy lately. He, well, yeah, <laughs> he's been very positive statsy on his side. I think it was two weeks ago when he came out on Monday and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, look at what we've been doing." He gave the stats since Montez Sweat has been right. there, which has been a huge addition. You know, if you listen to Lance Briggs, whether he's on the pregame show uh, that's coming up here in a couple hours, or whether he joins Cap and Jay Hood on Mondays, he's been also saying that like this system works. Once you have a pass rush, and with the addition of Yannick Ngakwe before he was injured, and then especially after the addition of Montez Sweat, the defense was working. The defense is working. Yeah. They're generating turnovers. They're limiting teams uh, when it comes to points per game. They're six in points per game since week five, like I mentioned. And this Falcons team, yes, they're very good. Uh, they're very good. They're okay. They're not very good. They're not great on the road. They only average yeah. 13 and a half points a game on the road. So this is a team that's coming into, look, it's nice outside. I would say it's perfect football weather. Yeah. But if you're in. It's tolerable. Yeah, this isn't the game uh, against the Falcons on, uh, it was a night game. I was in college. I forget what year it was. Was it 2007, 8? And it was like the, the, the wind chill was like negative 5 mm-hmm. or something. It was awful. Michael Vick did not want to be there. He, they, the Bears won that game. It was very low scoring. The Bears did make a quarterback change at halftime. I don't think they'll do that today. But it's cold out there. This is a team that likes playing inside of a dome. This is like a team that likes to play inside warm weather. We've seen when teams come to Chicago that warm teams, we saw it with the the Cardinals, they struggled. So hopefully today you get some bear weather uh, in your favor. I think the Bears can still win this game. Um, But I do think you're right. I think there is an emphasis on these last two games, especially the way the McCaskies feel about the Packers. Right. Does that almost feel like it's worth two in their minds? Absolutely. it's, It's... He's got two games left, but he's got three opportunities, kind of, in a sense, to really make his mark with the Packers game having a two times multiplier. For sure. I think that if it looks like the way it did in week one, where you just you got laughed off the field, you didn't belong or boot off the field because it was here. Yeah. You did, all that hype going into the first game of the season, you know, you add DJ Moore, we've seen the connection during um, training camp and everything, and you the hype was at an all-time high for this Bears team, and they just got absolutely smoked by the Packers. I think if it looks like that, then it's in question again. But I think that I don't I think he can go one and one in these last two games and still be brought back. I think it's tough to fire a coach and the Bears see it this way too. That that turns a three win team into a seven win team. Um, I'm not. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think that if you're Ryan Poles, if you're Kevin Warren, you're going to look at the defensive turnaround. You're going to look at what the locker room is doing. You're going to look at the way the players feel about him as a head coach. And if there's not another head coaching option out there that has done this before, then this might be the best option. I go back to. 
uh, earlier in the week, I forget which day, because until today, I didn't know what day of the week it was, like most people that are off during between Christmas and New Year's. You're like, is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? I don't know. There's a football I'm still game. trying to figure it out. It, There's it's... an NFL game on a Saturday night with the right. Monday Night Football crew. What are we doing here? Yeah. What's going on? The Orange Bowl is supposed to be on at night. What are we doing? Um, <laughs> that Josina Anderson had a report that uh, Ben Johnson wants $12 million a year. Mm-hmm. Like... And if you're if you, the, Ben Johnson wants twelve million a year, what has he done to garner twelve million a year? He called. There were three plays in the game last night that couldn't convert. A, well, one of them yeah. did, but it was a penalty or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was called back. You couldn't win the game. Yes, you drove down the field, but twelve million dollars. That means Harbaugh is going to want what? And we do have some Harbaugh news too mm-hmm. as well. So, to me, it seems like the Bears are trending in the direction of bringing back. Matt Eberflus, 312-332-3776. Do you want to see Matt Eberflus back? I think the resounding from what I've seen on Twitter and in the comments on that Ian Rappaport tweet is a resounding no. There are some people that do want to build. You will hear from one of those people at 10 a.m. with Lance Briggs, who believes in continuity and wanting to bring back the coaching staff and the quarterback. So 312-332-3776, you can call us up. We go to Eddie on the north side. What's up, Eddie? Hey boys, how you doing? Good, how so are yeah, you? Uh, that that little news with uh, Harbaugh uh, getting Tom Brady's agent. I think he's coming yeah, to Sean NFL. Payton. Yeah, same I, 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 I hope that it's the Bears, but uh, who knows? The next thing is about the officiating in the NFL. I mean, if it's good enough for our Chicago police to wear cameras and mics when they go out onto their jobs, and that they can prove what's going on, why can't the refs do? Why couldn't we care if he's eligible, ineligible? The proof is right there then. There's no you know, ifs and thens about, about it of them saying one thing and them saying the other thing. And I think that should be implemented because betters and, in, 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 you know, the betters that are betting these games, at least they'll have something to go back on and say, okay, they're, 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 doing, they're doing their job then. All right. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate it. Eddie on the north side, fund the refs. Fund the refs. Fund the refs. That is, uh, he's got the, uh, he's wearing the thin black line mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> t shirts to fund the refs. 312 332 3776. We'll take all of your Matt Eberflus and Bears calls here coming up next. Chicago Bears pregame. Pregame. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. It's Tyler Aki and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, your Bears pre-pregame show as we get you set for Bears and Falcons. If you're on your way to the game, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Once you get to the tailgate, uh, you can go right into gate O and see Sylvie, Lance Briggs, and Dion Miller. They'll be there getting you set for the game, 10 until noon here on ESPN Chicago. And also, it's the last home game, and Sylvie has not done a beer bong yet. And so I've been trying to get people to sneak in a beer bong. I don't know if you can bring those in or not. Uh, figure it out and try to get Sylvie to do a beer bong. It can be water. He's on the air. I get it. I just want to see Sylvie in the position, the beer bong the, position. Yeah, yeah right? where you raise and yes. then just yeah. 
all hell breaks loose. Lance is tall enough. He can Mm -hmm. hold it. And Sylvie might not even have to. there. Yeah, Charlie's there too. Charlie Charlie might take a rip too. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's water, it's fine. Whatever. If it's coffee, that would kind of be tough to chug some hot coffee. I feel like that would hurt. iced coffee. Yeah, iced coffee. That works too. Uh, but someone needs to uh, get Sylvie to do a beer bong inside of Gate O as it is the last uh, home game here for the Bears as they will end the season up in Green Bay next week. Uh, we still don't have a – I don't think we have a time for no, that we game. No, we don't. We don't have a time for any of the NFL games Probably get them next today, day. right? Yeah, I would think by the end of the game because we'll know which game will have the most meaning. A few weeks ago we were hoping that the Bears and Packers would have the most meaning and they would mm-hmm. maybe be on Sunday Night Football, but – It'll probably most likely be a noon game here, uh, but we'll find that out after all the games. We're reacting to this report from Ian Rappaport on NFL Game Day Live yesterday, talking about Matt Eberflus's future. I would be surprised as of right now if Matt Eberflus was not back for the Chicago Bears. They look much better. He has been calling the defense. That has been impressive. They've won four out of the last six, six out of the last 11. Certainly seem to be heading in the right direction. I hear nothing but positive vibes from Chicago. Positive vibes from Chicago for Matt Eberflus. 312-332-3776. Do you think that Matt Eberflus should be brought back or not? We go to Darren in Haywood, Iowa, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Darren? Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. For one thing, I do not want Eberflus back because this seems like a whole Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace all over again. They're going to draft a quarterback and then they're going to ruin this quarterback. And then Ryan Pace or Ryan Poles or Brent Eberflus will be fired and a new head coach, a new GM is going to come in and try to work with this. I think this is a ridiculous thing they can never do. And, and, uh, Kevin Warren says he's looking at big picture. He wants to win. Well, you know what? Jim Harbaugh's out there. This guy's a winner. What the heck is he trying to do? That's all I'm going to say. I hope the Bears get beat 30 to by 30 points today, and next week I hope they get blown out of Green Bay. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Thanks, Darren. Darren rooting for losses uh, for the Bears at this point. I, I'm not in that position, but it's interesting that he brought up Jim Harbaugh because there was the report from Adam Schefter that Jim Harbaugh has hired the same agent as Sean Payton. I, I don't think it matters that it's Tom Brady's agent. Tom Brady's not in the <laughs> yeah. NFL. Unless he goes and coaches the Raiders, that could make a difference because Tom Brady Perhaps. has a small stake in the Raiders, but Antonio Pierce has done a pretty good job yeah. uh, so far, so I don't know if he's going to be out or not, but the only option for me, if they were to replace Matt Eberflus, I am out on first-time head coaches right now. I think that you need to bring in the way the locker room is structured, the way that these guys are believing in Matt Eberflus, the way that everyone's invested. I feel like you can't switch out Matt Eberflus for the next hot coordinator, right? Like, Ben Johnson might be the next great head coach. He might be the next Sean McVay. He might be the next whoever. That's fine. But for me as a Bears fan, I want someone who's done it before. And since Jim Harbaugh has now hired this agent and not accepted the reported, what is it, $15 million a year? Mm -hmm. It's $125 million over over 10 years, so $12.5 million a year uh, from Michigan. To me, it would be be in the Bears' best interest to go out and gauge the interest of Jim Harbaugh before you make this decision, right? I think, yeah, I mean, you look at the way that Harbaugh's gone about the entire process, too. Like, he's been taking his sweet time with this, and, and he is 
he's milking this for all it's worth right now. And I think he is going to the NFL. I don't know if it's necessarily the Chicago Bears, Mm -hmm. but I think he is going to the NFL because I think he would have already signed this deal because the big hang-up right now is this clause that would be in his contract that says you can't dabble in the NFL in 2024 in this head coaching cycle. Yeah, You have to commit to Michigan for at least next year, and then whatever happens after that happens after that. But for the here and now, like it just feels like that's his big hesitancy. And you don't go out and sign a mega agent like Don Yee if you're not eyeballing the NFL a little bit. Oh, I, like, I, I don't even think a little bit. The best offer he's probably going to get from college is the 12 and a half. I mean, you're talking $125 million over 10 years. I don't know what the the details of the contract are not out there as far as buyouts go and that kind of thing. And if he's fired or for cause or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like watching the bowl games throughout this college football postseason mm-hmm. as we lead into tomorrow's games, and we'll talk about those games a little bit because there is a reason for Bears fans to watch the two college football playoff games taking place uh, next weekend or th- tomorrow, sorry, and then the, the championship game next week is that I don't think he's going to come back to Michigan because everyone is talking about how. There's all this stuff up in the air, like J.J. Mm-hmm. McCarthy could go to the NFL. His options are transfer or go to the NFL because you're going to get hit with some sanctions. Yeah. Harbaugh might not be able to coach next year. Like, There's all these issues with Jim Harbaugh that it would probably be in his best interest to bolt for the NFL. We've seen it before. We've seen Pete Carroll do it. Like Guys do it, yeah. and there are no repercussions. Yeah, Come to the NFL, and it doesn't matter. You can coach the Bears. You can coach the Raiders. You can coach the Chargers. Whoever you want to coach, I just don't know if there's going to be a team besides the Panthers, and they've already said that there's rumors out there that you know their owner has said that they're not interested in Jim Harbaugh, that they made those calls last year. And well, the hot they... name with them is Belichick. Well, I, I so the Josina Anderson report is that the Panthers are aware that Ben Johnson wants $12.5 million and it probably isn't an issue, or wants $12 million and it isn't mm-hmm. an issue. And so, okay, whatever. You want to pay $12 million for a first-time head coach? doesn't count against the cap. It's not my money. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Bears would be willing to pony up $12 million a year for a coach or even more. Because if I'm Jim Harbaugh's agent and I look at that and I go, well, what's Ben Johnson done? This guy's yeah. been to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This guy's been to a national, ch- uh, a college football playoff. Like, this guy's done it. What, if, what has this guy done? Right, and he's shown steady success and steady progression everywhere he's gone. Exactly. So, to me, my one and only candidate besides Matt Eberflus, unless something crazy happens, like Mike Tomlin gets fired or Sean McVay decides to leave or whatever, that it would be Jim Harbaugh. That's my guy if it's not Matt Eberflus because I want someone who's done it before, comes with the culture of winning, brings that that style of football that I think would be best for the Bears. And look what he did with Alex Smith. If the Bears decide mm-hmm. to keep Justin Fields and not move on from him and use that pick to trade back and get a, a boatload of picks and shore up the roster that way, look what Jim Harbaugh's done for other quarterbacks. He's turned them around. And I don't know that Justin Fields really needs turning around. He just needs to improve a little bit more. I think that Harbaugh can do that. I think the other name I would consider, I wouldn't be mad with, would be Dan Quinn from Dallas. He's done it before. He's gone to a Super Bowl before. He's compiled a really good staff before. He's been a head coach before. He's been a head coach, exactly. That's the only. And I don't think Dan Quinn is the best option. I think Jim Harbaugh is the best option out there. But Dan Quinn is a name that. 
the the one thing that always would scare me is that he is a defensive minded guy, and that's not always the best way to go about it. Because I mean, we're going to see what's going to happen down in Houston if there are as what Schefter said a couple of about a month ago now at this point that there's going to be seven to ten openings yeah. in the league. Mm-hmm. If there are that many, I'd imagine Bobby Slowick down in Houston is yep. probably one of those names that's going to be a trendy name in this cycle. Maybe he gets the job this cycle. And maybe it's tough to keep an offensive coordinator. I mean, we've seen Dan Quinn. He lost Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And then that ultimately kind of led to the demise of Dan Quinn. And But he can build a staff. Yeah. And I, I just look at the options don't seem great out there. But the option in-house isn't all that spectacular either. Yeah. And it's just you're kind of stuck in this situation where do you just wait it out and maybe you snag Mike Tomlin and not have to give up any draft capital next year? Is well, that the, yeah, the way year. that you're you're looking at it? And you just, but I don't think that's the right way to go about it either because I don't think you can have Matt Eberflus in this building for much longer. And here's the big caveat in all of this. And uh, Ian Rappaport pointed this out too. But the Bears' new team president, Kevin Warren, mm-hmm. is taking a lap around the track right now. He is surveying all the options. He is seeing everything that is at his disposal right now. And here's the thing that has always struck me with Kevin Warren. Whenever they show him on television, what's he doing? He's got his, his thick orange tie on. Oh, yeah. And he's got notes for days. Oh, yeah. On uh, whether it's a, a sheet of paper, whether it's a note. Like, he's got, he's taking all the notes about everything, whether it's the stadium, whether it's what's going on with the coaching staff, what's happening in the game. You can tell. He is thoroughly invested in what's going on. And I think he has to look at everything that's surrounding Eberflus right now. You've had two coaches leave this season for non-football reasons. Yeah. And that's part of the evaluating of can you compile a staff. And you're going to have to make some hires this offseason. If Matt Eberflus is back, he's going to have to hire a defensive coordinator. He's going to have to hire, in all likelihood, an offensive coordinator as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you trust him to make these hires after the track record in less than two years hasn't been so pretty? Because we've even seen players come out and say it's been completely different with Eberflus calling the defense for this team, and we just didn't have that really with Allen Williams. Like that was a failed hire. Whether you want to talk about why he left or why he didn't leave, like the football stuff alone showed that it was a failed hire. When you see how good the defense has been since Eberflus has been calling it, no, absolutely. And I think that you know people have been saying Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy. Well, the rumors are that the Commanders are just going to fire everybody. So Eric Bieniemy might be available and not need a head coaching job. Like he might yeah. just need an offensive coordinating job. So you could go through with that three one two three three two three seven seven six. I don't know if you know this. I'm stealing a line from Jonathan Hood, but we are the number one uh, Bears <laughs> pre pregame show in Colorado. Uh, so right wow. now, first we go to Ken in Aurora, Colorado, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Ken? Not much. Darn tootin' you're number one out here. <laughs> Love to hear it. Thanks for listening. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you guys for everything you guys do. Um, I, I do like the fact that they're talking about Eberflus coming back. One, you know what? He's actually done a really good job with what you, with all the numbers you, you guys have stated. Two, I was hoping Harbaugh would stay one more year, but you're saying he hired uh, like a high-profile agent. So you know what probably, it's like, Ken? Probably, it's mm-hmm. like in baseball when a guy, right before he hits free agency, hires Scott Boris. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're seeing Harbaugh yep. do. Absolutely. Number number three, he's comic relief. I mean, his, his <laughs> interviews are fantastic. 
And number four, all the Chicago media has to do is use their mind tricks on him, and they'll agree with he'll agree with whatever they say. So I mean, it's great, but I am happy that he probably is staying because they're showing fast improvement with him. So I really am happy about that. Thank you guys for everything you guys have done, keeping every keeping all these teams in check, making sure that you know that they they stay honest with everything. I appreciate everything that you guys have done. Thank, thank you, you guys. Happy New Year. You're listening. welcome. Thank you thank guys. You. Have, have a good, a good night. One. Appreciate yeah. it. We go from Aurora, Colorado to Denver, Colorado. Isaac, what's up, Isaac? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. You are definitely the number one, not only Bears pregame show, but just number one Chicago sports show here in the state of Colorado. (laughs) Love (laughs) listening and talking to you guys. Uh, Excited for some hopefully better college football games this week, too. Um, But let's talk about the Bears. I'm, you know... I hear uh, Lance when he talks about continuity and how what Eberflus has been doing with the defense has been really good, and I I really like the sound of that, and especially because he was a player and kind of knows what it feels like to have coaching change personally. Um, but I think I'm just going to trust Poles with whatever he wants to do, and that goes with um, Justin Fields and with the coaching. If he wants to keep Eberflus um, then I'm going to ride with Poles and trust that he is doing what he thinks is best. And the same with Fields. It may not be what I would have decided, but I like a guy who at least sticks by his convictions. And kind of like what you said, Tyler, I think, or maybe Adam said it, but it's doing it methodically and like not making rash decisions for the most part. Like he's doing it right, correctly, building from the trenches for the most part and um, just trying to add talent. And that's what I like to see. So I'm going to ride with our GM. Thanks, Isaac. Appreciate the phone call. Have a good one. Thank you, too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Year. Appreciate it. So, yeah, listen on the ESPN Chicago app. Download the ESPN Chicago app. It's the easiest app you could possibly use. Just go in your app store. Type in ESPN Chicago, download it. As soon as you open the app, the station starts playing. It's the easy. There's a ton of apps that you don't use on your phone. There's like Mm -hmm. folders and folders of apps (laughs) that I never use on my phone. This is the one that I use the most, the ESPN Chicago app. So make sure you download it. Start streaming us wherever you are. You don't have to worry about service with the buildings or anything like that. Put it on the bottom bar, too. Oh, that's, I listen, it's it's not my bottom bar, but it's on my homepage. But if you know what it is, it's actually closest to where my thumb is. Ah, okay. So it's all about like thumb economics yeah, there, so right there. Bottom yeah. bar to me is a bit. It's not a reach, but where my thumb when I hold a phone, mm-hmm. the the ESPN Chicago app is closest right to where my thumb is. There you go. So that's why I open it the most right there next to and the FanDuel sportsbook app right there too. Right there, <laughs> those two right next to each other. Coincidence? I think not. We'll take more of your phone calls real quick when we come back on the pre pregame show. It's. Abdallah, I almost said Black and Abdallah. I almost said Black and Tyler for a second, too. It's Abdallah, it's Tyler. There's people here. We're talking Bears. The chairs. Just, yeah, just come back. It'll, we'll, we'll be here back in a little bit. The new home of the Bears. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Ian Rappaport is reporting that it is more than likely that Matt Eberflus is going to be back coaching the Bears next year. We go to Jim in Aurora. What's up, Jim? Hey, boys! Happy holidays. Um, 
I don't want to eat your flus back. Let's think about outside the box a little bit. I mean, how about your opinions on maybe hiring like P.J. Fleck? He's not an offensive coordinator. He's not a defensive coordinator. He seems like a pretty good CEO in college, you know, and let him, you know, give a good staff together. And, uh, you know, he's intense. He knows the area. He's from around here. He used to be. So, I don't know. What are your opinions on that? Hard pass on um, PJ yeah, Fleck. I'm going to hard pass on the uh, row the boat sky, you ma, whatever. Like, is he going to end every press conference like Russell Wilson does with a bear down and like all that kind of stuff? I don't, I'm not a PJ Fleck fan. No, neither am I. Like, I would rather, because now you're talking about a first time NFL head coach. Yep. I would rather roll the dice on a Ben Johnson or something of that nature. Find a coordinator. I'd rather do that than do the PJ Fleck. Yes. If I, if I had to pick between a first time head coach in the NFL or a coordinator in the NFL or PJ Flex specifically and a coordinator, I'd probably do that as well. Tom's in Oak Lawn. What's up, Tom? We need – hey, guys. Um, so I, I feel like as Bears fans, we, we all have like Stockholm Syndrome or something because we're all used to having a great defense. Even my son, just before I came on, he's like, we need to keep Eberflus so then we can have a great defense. I say scorch earth, especially if you're going to have the number one pick, and finally get somebody who's an offensive-minded coach uh, or somebody who's been a head coach and such like that, whether it's a hardball and such. So, uh, And, I mean, as much as people want to point the blame at Luke Getze, well, who hired Luke Getze? Who thought he was going to be a good offensive coordinator? That was, that was Matt Eberflus. And that's not even counting the, the two coaches that had to be dismissed and such. So, uh, sure, he's proven that he could be a, a solid defensive coordinator, but he still has, you know, three reasons why he should be gone, and that's the Denver game, that's the Detroit game, and that's the Cleveland game. His, you know, historical collapses. That's what everybody has said. So I say scorchers. Try to find an offensive-minded um, head coach. And um, if they feel that, hypothetically, if they feel that uh, they want to go with a quarterback in the draft, then that way you can pair the head coach with the quarterback, and boom, maybe we can finally have an offense that we can cheer for instead of just always cheering for defense. All right, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Happy New Year. Yeah, thanks. Later, Tom. I, I understand wanting to fire everyone. And that's fine. And I, I don't have a, I honestly don't have a, a, a pick like just yet. Like I want to see the last two games. Mm-hmm. Like we saw the game last week against the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't playing for anything. Like they're yeah. not. Like they're done. Well, here's you know? the other thing too: is a lot of people have talked about how, let's say the Bears do go out and win these final two games. Oh, you bump from three to eight wins. But isn't that sort of expected? Like you just kind of like took care of business. It feels like because last year's team was a three-win team, but it mm-hmm. felt a little bit more like a six-ish win team mm-hmm. with the way that the team played the last one year. One-loss games and everything. It, right, and, and I think the other part of that, too, is that there was no talent on the roster last year. None. Like, when you infuse, and in some positional groups, you're going from maybe last in the league to top ten in the league. Like, I, I point to the linebacker room, right? Yeah. Last year was a terrible linebacker room the second Roquan Smith left. But this year, when you infuse Tremaine Edmonds in there, you've got T.J. Edwards in there, mm-hmm. and Jack Sanborn is your lone carryover from last year, that's now a top-ten linebacker room in football. When you infuse talent into this team, 
Yeah, I would hope that you would get to eight wins. Like, that feels like the bare minimum you should be getting to. No, absolutely. And I think that along with that, we know that the front office doesn't count last year. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that. Yeah. The, the, the three wins doesn't matter. This is a, right now, a six-win team has a chance to be an eight-win team. And I know you watched the game last night between mm-hmm. the Lions and the Cowboys and Dan Campbell's decision to go for it, for go for two. What a moron. Three times. What a, what a moron, right? right? What a moron. Okay. Now, remember last year with Dan Campbell, they won one game out of their first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Mm-hmm. Okay. They went one and six in their first seven games. They lost games to the Eagles 38-35 to start the season, 28-24 uh, to Minnesota, 48-45 versus Seattle. What was the main theme about that team through the first seven games? They were collapsing late in games. Then they, they only lost two of their last however many games. They lost a game to Carolina towards the end of the season. They ended off rattling off this huge win total. Okay? Eight and two to they, close. Yeah. yeah, they ended up going nine and eight. They had a chance to go to the playoffs at the end of the season. Okay, everyone wanted Dan Campbell fired. We were all making fun of Dan Campbell when they went one and six. Look at this: this the guy who wants to bite everybody's knees and all this kind of stuff. Now Dan Campbell's everybody's darling coach until he makes dumb decisions when he should have just kicked it after missing not once, not twice, but three times. Uh, he should have just kicked the extra point and gone to overtime. Okay, coaches make bad decisions. Every both coaches mm-hmm. yeah. in that game make horrible decisions. The the Cowboys should have run the ball and taken 40 seconds off the clock, and then that drive might not have ever happened. And then the Cowboys would have covered and I would have made some money. Not the point. <laughs> My point is that you've got coaches that we just tend to just get rid of because we think they're bad sound bites, because we think they're bad interviews, because we think they make dumb decisions. But coaches and teams can grow throughout the season, and we're seeing that with the Bears, just like we saw that with the Lions last year. Who's to say that after missing the playoffs last year, like the Lions did, and after making the playoffs this year, like the Lions did, that this can't be an eight-win team where you win the last two games, and next year you go up to 10 wins or 11 wins, and you make the playoffs. Like, they're not that far off. There are people no, I don't, that I don't here, think they're very far off. They're not. And whether it's adding roster, whether it's adding a, a better offensive coordinator, they've got a good defensive coordinator. He's a head coach. They're first in a bunch of categories since week five. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to go through the numbers again. I will at some point. But they are building something. And I think that's why we hear from Ian Rappaport that, look, look at what the Lions did. The Bears can do the same thing. Everyone was crapping all over Dan Campbell at the beginning of the year last year because they went one and six. They turned it around just like the Bears are doing. Now, the Bears have a, what, 0.5% chance of making the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs this year, but they're much better than they were last year. The locker room is buying in, and it feels like this is a very Lions-like situation like we saw last year with this team. I, I'm, I can't get there with the Lions-like situation. I, I'm not there yet. Like You'd have to win these last two games, get yourself to 8-9. and nine, But, but that's like, what people were saying after the Carolina game, that the Lions lost 37-23. to 23. All right, beat the Bears and beat Green Bay, and maybe we'll get in the playoffs. I just, I, I, you look at the way that everything's kind of gone. And like you can talk about how uh, players like are really bought in. Like 
There was still a guy on their phone after the Thursday night game while Iberflus is addressing the team. Yeah, right. Okay. Like, like that stuff. That's just little things. Maybe like he's that. checking on his kids. Maybe I, he's got I, a babysitter. I, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, you look at the way it just doesn't feel like he has full command of everything. And I'm not here to say, like, oh, this guy has to go out and ace press conferences. Quite frankly, I don't mm-hmm. care what a single coach says in a press conference ever. Yeah. I don't care what a single player says in a press conference ever. But I just feel like. You can kind of see at times he looks lost out there, Matt Eberflus, with how he's trying to command a game. And there's certain times, like, the fact that we see Justin Fields get hit every single week late and the flag isn't flying, that comes down to some coaching. Mm -hmm. Like, that comes down to, are you submitting this stuff to the league? And they very well might be. They say they are. But, like, you got to, you, like, it's, it's like in basketball. When a coach gets a technical, like, I want... That play where uh, Justin Fields gets hit late against the the Browns, like you should go out there and just get a, a fifteen yard penalty. Oh yeah, because I want you a sideline warning. Gotta, yeah, Absolutely, you got to be standing up for your guy there because that is unacceptable, and you know it's going to happen to him again mm-hmm. too. And all Police. these missed calls, time and time again, like. At a certain point, you've got to lose your freaking mind out there. On oh, the absolutely. Field. And I think, look, you've got coaches that make dumb decisions all the time. You know, like you, Mike McCarthy had two minutes left in the game, and I could, I was sitting on the couch saying, well, this guy's going to mess this up. <laughs> like, it's late game Mike McCarthy. Yeah. That's what he's known for. He's still head coach of the Cowboys. They still won the game. Dan Campbell made a dumb decision. Now it's outcome bias because right. guess what? He, he had a fake punt. That set up a touchdown, and that's a genius decision. Yeah. But when he goes for it multiple times and tries to go for two and win the game, it's a dumb decision because of outcome bias, obviously. That's fine. But my point is that the Bears are closer than we all think. and I, I think know, as a team, yes, they are. And I understand that Matt Eberflus might not be the coach to take them to the Super Bowl, but unless that coach is out there and Jim Harbaugh says, I'm only taking the Bears job, I can see why the Bears aren't making that move. Let's go to... Pat on the northwest side. What's up, Pat? Gentlemen, good morning. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few uh, Iberflu supporters here. You know, listen to Dave Wansett. Dave Wansett said the Bears would be nuts to let go of this guy. What he's done with this te- this defense is amazing. You can't re- make him responsible for, you know, maybe a bad call by uh, by the offensive coordinator. But let me tell you, I listen to all the other teams. Like, when we play him, I listen to the other coaches. All the other coaches say that Iberflu's defense is amazing. And on the fans, want all these other coaches fire, too. I think there's a little bit of unreasonableness here. You're not you're not guaranteed uh, a perfect OC if we get if we get a new one. You guys are crazy. Look at our track record. All right, Pat. I appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. He's right. I mean, look the the they've won six of eleven out of their last eleven games. I mm-hmm. I understand why they're trying, they might bring him back. But I, I yeah, do understand that. I, listen, I would understand it. It wouldn't be my course of action here, but like the to say that they'd be nuts to get rid of him, I think is is outlandish. Like There's still plenty of body of work that you can point to over course, the course of this season. Of course. And, and listen, it'd be one thing if these collapses were all front-loaded in like the those first six games of the season. One of them was. Yeah. But the fact that two of them, have come in the last five weeks. Yes. That to me is the issue. It's like, are you building momentum down the stretch? Sure, you're winning some games, but you're also losing some really excruciating games that where everything just falls apart in the end. It's one thing if it happens in the beginning of the season and you learn the rest of the way, Mm -hmm. but it's another thing when it happened two weeks ago against Cleveland with your season effectively on the line. 
Because if they win that game, we're having a completely different conversation about these final two games. Yeah, but I think with that game specifically, you're kind of like, all right, well, Joe Flacco's kind of <laughs> like, like I get it. Yeah, you let Joe Flacco pass for 5,000 yards in the fourth quarter, but I think we're learning that Joe Flacco, Joe like it's, like it's kind of like a college game where you're it, like, yeah. oh, man, that loss looks a little better <laughs> than it does because Joe Flacco's passing for like, 10,000 yards in yeah. four games or something like that. We'll take more of your uh, phone calls coming up here. 312-332-3776. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Lincoln Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. If you're heading to Soldier Field, be careful. Some snow coming yeah, down right we now. Some snow this year. Some bare weather. Some snow. Can I say something down. about the Falcons too? Yeah. You know how um, you brought up like they play in the dome. They yeah. haven't really done much on the road. A lot of their road games have been inside or in like very ideal conditions too. Like you look at their road games. They went to Detroit dome, to Tampa, warm climate, mm-hmm. to Tennessee, good-ish climate. Yeah. To Arizona, that's dome. a dome. Yep. And then the last two games that they've played on the road at the Jets, at the Panthers, they've scored 13 points and 7 points. Yeah, they only like they average 13 and like a half. a good team. Yeah, they only average 13 and a half points a game on the road. So this is an opportunity for the Bears defense to uh, really shut a team down and set themselves up, set the offense up, hopefully. Well, I think, too, that like th- this game means a lot for the Falcons. They yeah, they're still fighting, this. yeah. You know, you've got the Bucks and the Saints play today. The Bucks lead that division right now. The Saints, but everybody in that division could have eight wins, uh, you know, the division contenders. If the Saints mm-hmm. beat the Bucks and the Falcons find a way to beat the Bears, you've got a three-way tie there for the division heading into the, the, uh, the end of the season in a crappy division. Yes, a gonna terrible be division. A crappy division. But still, hopefully the Bears can find a way uh, to win this game. You mentioned the Falcons. Hopefully, if you're outside at Soldier Field, if you're tailgating, if you're getting ready for the game, you're going to hear this a lot today. Every time the Bears score, we all know they play Bear Down Chicago Bears. I don't personally sing when they kick a field goal unless it's a game-winning field goal. I've got standards, Tyler. What about end-of-half field goal? Uh, End-of-first-half, 47-yarder. No, you know why? Because that's when I'm running the bathroom. Okay, fair that's, enough. Unless it's windy, because I found that out. Uh, it was the Nathan Vasher longest return. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. A buddy, we were, I was at the game with Chris uh, and a buddy of ours went to the bathroom because Ooh. he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the lines. And yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. It's really windy because they had lined up uh, Nathan Vasher yeah. in the end zone because it was so windy. Like Robbie Gold was missing kicks left and right because the wind gusts were insane. And he ended up returning it and he came back and he's like, what What happened? What did I miss? <laughs> and so sometimes if it's windy, don't go to the bathroom just yet. But the Falcons, they have two things that they play. They When they score a touchdown, I don't know if people know this, but when they score a touchdown, you hear a trampoline. It's kind of like collegiate. Yeah, it's kind of like the Vikings horn when they score. And so you get this train horn, and I didn't know why. And I looked it up. It's because the train horn comes down to the origin of the city of Atlanta. It was originally called Marthasville, and it was later nicknamed Terminus which means the end of a route. The city of Atlanta comes from the shortening of a railroad that went through the heart of the city. So they shortened a railroad that was going through Atlanta. So Atlanta has a lot of ties to the railroad, which is why they play this train horn whenever they score. 
Obviously, you won't be hearing that, but we like to feature some of the songs from around the country and teams that have. We have our Bear Down Chicago Bears. We all know the words and all that kind of stuff. This is, and I present to you, Fly High Falcons. information about this song on the internet. Uh, there's not like a Wikipedia page. There's not like uh, cliff notes or anything like that. You don't want spark notes or anything. I always think of the Falcons as like a very new franchise. They're not. They're, yeah, I'm looking right now. 1966 is yeah. when they yeah. became. But like, I think of them as like a very new franchise. And for that reason, this is too like instrumenty. I feel like that's why they made it in the 60s when the the franchise was formed to sound older. It sounds than they too were. alma materish. Now here's the thing, Atlanta. You have some of the best music, yeah, like ever. You've got Ludacris, yeah. You've got Jeezy. You've got Outkast. You've got like, can we can we that update? Was- yeah, can we update this a little bit? Like, I know there have been, and wasn't it a game? I was it. It was a night game, I believe. It was one of the feature games, and Ludacris, mm. like not parachuted in, yes. but was lowered from the ceiling mm-hmm. during a game. Well, wasn't that Vegas? No, Ve- so he performed in. Oh, it might have been in Vegas. I thought it was a Vegas I've, game. I've seen him in Vegas. Oh, have I've you? See at a Vegas game uh-huh. when I went with Waddle oh, and Sylvie right. yeah, yeah, yeah. to Bears Raiders in Vegas. We took a bunch of fans, and it was great. He did the halftime show. Did he really? That's yeah. awesome. Dude, it's Vegas. <laughs> Everyone's already there. It's not hard to be like, hey, you want to come over and do this real quick? Come hang out and do a halftime. And he was just like, he wasn't lowered in from the ceiling or anything like that. But they have so much good music to come out of Atlanta that, I mean, guys, let's, let's update the big, like, I'm all for a big band. Like, let's update this a little bit. I think unless you have a band at this stadium, you don't need these old-timey beats. But, like, let's freshen up the playlist a little bit. So you mentioned that uh, Kevin Warren is taking notes during all the games. I hope Mm. he's taking notes on the music and be like, all right, that's enough Skrillex. Like, let's cross. (laughs) We can retire that one. We can retire Skrillex off of that. Um, you know, maybe that's a lot of Metallica. Like, that's a lot of Metallica (laughs) that we play. So hopefully he's taking notes on everything and hopefully we're not hearing I mean we're not going to hear any train horns because it's in Chicago but it'd be weird if like Falcons fans brought in like train horns, train horns. and stuff like that but uh, yeah hopefully we're hearing a lot of bear down Chicago Bears we will take all of your phone calls we got a bunch of people on the line 312-332-3776 want to react to the news of Ian Rappaport saying that Matt Eberflus will most likely be back next year we'll take all of your phone calls in two short minutes ESPN Chicago Chicago